Moshe Kibel Torah Misinai. Moshe accepted the Torah from Sinai, Messer Yeshua, and he gave it over to Yeshua, Yeshua Lezikanim. Yeshua gave it to the elders. Lezikanim and Nevi'im. The elders gave it to the prophets. And Nevi'im is Sarula, Anshik Nesis The prophets gave it over to the Anshik Nesis Adela. Heim Amrush Leishadvarim. They said three things. Hevu Mesunim Bidin. Be patient in judgment, and establish many students, and build a fence, a safeguard around the Torah. Now let's analyze it. Says the brother of Maral, why do we begin Pirkei Avis with this statement and not Brachas with this statement? Is because you obviously know that every halacha was given to Moshe at Sinai. But what about the Midos? What about the study of ethics? What about character development, which is not so explicit in the Torah, but as we mentioned in our intro, is quite implied, right? It, the Vilna Goyen says, it's the Klal of the Torah, the Gemara and Shabbos, Darshan, Zekeli, Vanveyu, Anivahu, be just like God, imitate God's merciful characteristics, says the brother Mara, that these were also given over at Sinai. But we have a question on this. If this is true, that Moshe Kibel Terami Sinai, that included in Terami Sinai was all of Pirkei Avis, how are we going to subsequently learn each member of Pirkei Avis is taught by one Rebbe? One Rebbe teaches this, Shimonat Tzadik teaches this, Nitai Arbeli teaches this, Yeshua Ben Prachet teaches the following. It was all given Terami Sinai. So perhaps when there's a Machloikis, maybe say, maybe list a Mandamar, one Mandamar says this and one Mandamar says this. But what about a regular Memra, right? Why is each Memra attributed to one Manda Amar? It should have all been Tarami Sinai. And what you see from here, based again also what we said on our introduction, is these teachings of character development must be fully, fully analyzed and brought into your life through actual practice. And when a Amaira, when a Tana had his teaching, that means he focused on this idea, and I'll give you an example. In Parakeh, we have a Mishnah, when your enemy falls, do not be happy. Now, there was no nothing new and innovative about this teaching because it's a Pasuk and Mishlei, right? We don't list regular Psukim. So what does it mean, It means that Shmuel HaKatan focused his life, focused his energy on developing this Midah to the extent that when Chazal had to add a bracha to Shemayin Esrei, the 19th bracha of Lam al-Shinem, praying for the downfall of those enemies of Klal Yisrael, they had to ask Shmuel HaKotan, who had practiced and preached this his whole life of Menfol Yivchal Tismach, to compose this bracha with the utmost sensitivity. So when we find the Memra in Pirkei Aves, it's the Memra, it is the teaching of this yeshiva, of this Tana, who developed this idea fully in his life. He was able to share this teaching. And if you wanted to learn the Midos of Benfala Yivchal Tismach, you would go learn by Shmuel HaKatan, and you go spend time in his yeshiva, and you'd learn and develop that character. Because again, these teachings, the easiest thing in the world is to give a shir on chesed, right? The hardest thing is to go bring it into your daily life. And again, the Pirkei Avis is all about inculcating these ideas and bringing them into our daily practice and our life. So Moshe, Kibbal, Tarami, Sinai, these are all given from Sinai, but each subsequent Tana taught and evolved and really understood and developed and brought these individual midos into his practical life.
Now the next question is why does it say Moshe Kibbal Tarmi Sinai? Moshe did not receive the Torah from Har Sinai. Moshe received the Torah from Akadesh Baruchu. So what all the Mafarshim say together is that Moshe did learn something from Har Sinai, and that was the act of humility. Har Sinai was chosen because it was the smallest of mountains, not the largest of mountains. And Moshe, we know, Moshe was the humblest of all people, and that's why he was chosen to give the Torah, and he learned this from Sinai, this Anivas. And that's why the Rabbi Yaakov Endem says it doesn't say Moshe Rabbeinu, because he was using humility of our Sinai, and the Chidah says that Moshe didn't fight back. When Moshe was originally chosen to lead Klaishal out of Egypt, he told Hashem at this Nash, Tishlach. When it came to our Sinai, he didn't fight back because he saw if Hashem's giving the Torah on our Sinai, the humblest of mountains, the lowest of mountains, then definitely I can be the one to receive this Torah. But I would ask, why is humility such a prerequisite to the study of Torah, right? It, let's say you went to a doctor and you looked on the wall and you saw, right, he's medical school. He went to the medical school of the People's Republic of Congo. And you go, wait, why, why'd you go there? He goes, well, I didn't get into any other medical school, right? But I'm very humble. So please let me be your doctor. Right? We, we have a mission later. Who's a wise person who learns from everyone? So this doctor says, look, I didn't go to Harvard. I'm I learned from the dumbest possible medical school. That's where I went. I have the most humility of any doctor you'll ever find. That you're not going to go to that doctor. So why, when it comes to Torah, is the number one prerequisite? Again, the only thing the Torah teaches us about Moshe's character is this, I get that it's a good character trait. But why is it the essence of learning Torah and Moshe Kibbal Torah Sinai? And the answer is, is when you're coming to study a finite discipline, right? If you want to study etymology, if you want to study history, right, then perhaps brains, uh, memory retention are the number one characters. But when you're coming to study the infinite wisdom of God, when you're coming to study the wisdom of spirituality, when you're coming to study a Torah that can be, again, the, the Gemara says, Samachayim and Samamavah can be used the right way and the wrong way. When you stand before God and try to understand him, the number one criteria is no ego, right? The, the famous Vart from the Kotzker said that the Divrei Chaim asked the Kotzker when he was a very young child, where is Hashem? The Kotzker said, wherever you let him in, right? Hashem occupies, is Mekayim HaShalaylam, occupies the whole space. The only thing that gets in the way of that space is our ego. If you want to genuinely understand God and get, genuinely understand his Torah, the number one prerequisite is a lack of ego. So if Moshe Rabbeinu is going to accept the Torah on behalf of all of Klai Yisrael and all of mankind for eternity, we have to pick the Anav Miyayim Mikal Adam Alpein Adam Ezu Chacham Alayim Adam You have to want to be smart more than you want to sound smart, right? You have to be able to learn from everyone. Sarli Yeshua, he gave it over to Yeshua, right? Now, the Gemara in Tamura tells us that this wasn't, uh, there was a bit of a hiccup on this transmission. The Gemara says that when Moshe was about to die, he called in Yeshua and he said, you have any questions to ask me? So Yeshua answers back, well, didn't you write about me in your Torah? I've never left your sides. I have no questions to ask you. Immediately, he forgot thousands of halachas, right? And the question is, well, it's true, right? It never left Moshe's side. So what was wrong with his answer? And obviously, based on what we just said, he was missing the whole point. Moshe got the Torah because of his humility. At the point of transfer to Yeshua, Yeshua also has to show that humility, 
right? And Yeshua at that point did not show that humility. He said, I never left you. So therefore, he thought he forgot thousands of halachas. And as the Gemara continues, Klai Yisrael wanted to kill Yeshua until Asnil ben Kenaz, through his pilpul, returned all the halachas. But again, this idea of humility is super important for the transmission. We could add that the last mission in Saita tells us, Mishemes Rebbe Batla Anava. When Rebbe died, Anivas was Batl. Rebbe was a highest level of Anav. And again, that was really the Chasimus Mishnah. So Rebbe, who codifies the Mishnah, has to be at his termination, has to end that portion of history that has Tanan because Mishemes Rebbe Batla Anava. So now it's a new stage. Once that Anivas is gone, it's going to be a new stage. And the Amiram are going to be coming to explain the Tanan, but it is the end of the Mishnah. Now, the Skanim eventually gave it to the Anshek Nesses Agdaila. Well, what was unique about the Anshek Nesses Agdaila? How did they get that name? So, Gemara Yuma says that they returned the crown to its old glory. That originally, when we daven, right, we said, but, but Yermio came and he said, the Goyim are dancing in Hashem's Heichel. Where is Hashem's Naira? Lay on my Naira. So he didn't say the word Naira. This is in Yuma Samach Tesama Beis. Then Daniel came and said, The Goyim are being Mishtabid. They're enslaving his children. Where's God's Gvura? So lay on my Gvura. So he lost the words Gibra and Naira. Then the Anshik Nesnagdela came and said, Fakir. This is God's Gvura that he withholds his desire to destroy the Risham. And his wonder, his naira, is that if not for the wonder of Hashem, how would Klai Yisrael exist at all? Beina Umar. So they were Xira Tarli Yashna. But the Gemara over there, also in Yuma Samach Tesman Beis, explains to us that Anshik Nesis Agdaila did away, got rid of the Yetzirah for Avaydazar, that pre- Anshik Nesesagdaila, there was this Yetzirah for Avaydazara, and Anshik Nesesagdaila did away with the Yetzirah for Avaydazara. But as Chazal always tells us, we know Zeluma Kim, powers go both ways, right? So with the disavowment of the Yetzirah for Avaydazara, also comes the end of prophecy. So the last of the prophets are in the Anshik Nesesagdaila. So now let's put that all together. The Anshik Nesesagdaila, what they did was they got away they removed the Yetzirah for Avodah but with it came the end of prophecy. That shows that they were also able to see the godliness even when it's hidden, right? That's what they were saying. Yermio and Daniel took out Hagibar Vahanaira, but they said even in Golis, even when times are hard, we still see Hakel HaGol HaGibar Vahanaira. Even when you're not going to have this spiritual potency of prophecy, even when you're not going to have this vision of clarity, still we are able to see God. And we see their three teachings really revolve around that. Be patient in judgment. Again, in, a, in an era of prophecy, if you come to a prophet, he knows exactly what the judgment is, what the halacha is, right? But when you have to rely in a post-prophetic world, where it's pure human rationale, be patient, be patient in judgment. Even though, again, when it comes to learning Torah, there's a din of Vishinantim, that the words of Torah should be sharp in your mouth. But when you're passing judgment, when you're sitting to adjudicate, you should really be patient and really mull over every side of the story. You should have many Talmidim. Again, this was a, a discussion. We know based on the Sugyan Brachis, right? To, should you only allow Talmidim that are Toichei Kabari, the insides are like the outsides? Should you be selective in who you teach Torah to? They're saying, we don't know. We're not prophets. We don't know what's going to come of any Talmud. 
teach everybody Torah. The cream will rise to the cr- top eventually. But Susyag the Torah and simile, we cannot go up to the edge of the Torah. You have to build safeguards around the Torah. What you have to do is build a fence around the Torah. We're no longer in an era where things are exact, where we can walk over to the edge. We're now in an era of doubt. We're in a post-prophetic world. We're in an era where we have to do everything according to best human practices. And therefore, we have to be patient in judgment. Again, establish as many students as we possibly can and build a fence around the Torah.